Listener Production. Relish, chutney, hollandaise or HB. Things are about to get saucy. You naughty little monkeys, you. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Yes, welcome to another episode of All Day Breakfast. Alex Dyson in this chair and joining me, nominated for an ARIA for Best Children's Release, Mr Matt O'Kind of Diver City fame. Congratulations, my man. You're in the top five. Mate, I've been in this position before and I know all too well not to celebrate before... uh before that little uh, trophy's in my hands, I'll tell you what, we are up against some stiff competition. Who we got? Who, who's Diver City looking down the barrel of this time around? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you don't what. Tell, don't tell me teeny tiny Stevies are in there. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't dare if they try to, you lost to go up against time. them. Um, we got Amber Lawrence, okay. Uh, I'm not familiar with Amber's work. Oh, no, no, I'm familiar, a little bit familiar with Amber's, Amber's work. And then we've got a various artists, you know, a bit of a compilation, Lullabies. Uh-oh. From Northern Australia. That's but, an artist. That's an artist megazord. But, but I think you right there. But the two other names that lit that they they turn my knees into big bowls of aeroplane jelly. <laughs> we got the Wiggles. Oh, all right. Goodness gracious. Lullabies with love. All right. That's the album. And then the the one, the big fish in the little pond. What? 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 Bigger than the Wiggles? Mate, I'm dead set nervous about this one. We got Bluey. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, son. Yeah. You are... I... Look, I hate to break it to you, but open up the smooth peanut butter now. You are toast, my friend. You are absolute toast. There's no... Now you're going to squash you like a bug. I mean, I've listened to the Diamond City album. Brilliant stuff. Particularly the uh, song Pack You're on it. I mean, you are nominated for an aria. Exactly. So, um, but you are but a crease in Dave McCormack's thick boot, my friend. Well, I went to school with Joff Bush, who is the composer of Bluey. And, um, yeah, I bet he gets mentioned in the alumni newsletters. (laughs) Anyway, we are going to try and make a uh, a worthy show for you today, uh, including everyone's favourite non-fiction podcast segment, Mind Blown, uh, with Matt O'Kine. Jack River is also going to be joining us today. That's right, the incredible artist uh, is going to be jumping on and having a chat all thing. Well, the great thing is Jack River, chat music, also chat bringing society forward, yeah. uh, which is awesome. <laughs> One of these incredibly frustrating people who not only is an incredible artist but actually tries to improve the world. Ugh. Just try and chase money, man. We can't <laughs> wait to chat to Jack River really shortly. Let's jump into the show, hey, with something I've been... An interesting trend I've seen coming out of the social medias of this day and age. Uh, we'll hit you with that straight up. This is Matt Nice All Day Breakfast. Let's go. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, I'm a bit worried. Alex Dyson... Um, for the people of the world. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, Why? Everything is going great. What do you, what's your let's issue? Let's not worry about energy, energy crises, uh, Chinese mm. property developers tanking, uh, debt, debt ceilings yep. needing to be raised, uh, you know, supply shortages and work shortages. Something you're, 
usually concerned about, some sort of South American variant. I'm sure you're keeping tabs on one of those. <laughs> I forgot. I haven't checked on what's happening with <laughs> Lambda recently. Um, but... <laughs> But no, there's a worrying there's a worrying new medical situation that's emerging, uh, as reported by the Wall Street Journal, and a few other people have caught on to this article since then. I'm you know currently referencing the DailyBeast.com, but doctors around the globe, okay, have reported. It's not like you to admit that the world is a globe. But continue. <laughs> been any updates on the flat earth at all like i've gotten there's not been anything <laughs> recently that i can hold on to to use as proof so yes i'll yeah. live I'll, I'll go with what the msm reckons um so there, there there's been a noticeable surge in teen girls experiencing ticks right physical jerking movements mm-hmm. and verbal outbursts um since the start of the pandemic right now this is what the article says Doctors around the world have reported seeing this, this surge. Mm-hmm. Um, they're confused by it. Doctors in the US, Canada, Australia and the UK started comparing notes. They realised one thing. They all spend a lot of time on TikTok. Wait, is that a coincidence that they both have ticks in the name? Well, <laughs> this is the thing. They've realised, right, that, uh, one of the other things is that they that they they're likely to have pre-existing diagnoses like depression or anxiety mm. right so they're watching a lot of social media they develop ticks and there's a lot of contributing factors but they're finding that a lot of them are using tiktok and they believe it is because a lot of the people that they're watching right there's a trend of video on tiktok with content creators that have ticks mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, Tourette's syndrome, et cetera, right? And so There's also over like exaggerated facial movements when you're lip syncing to whether it be a song or just a random line from a TV show. So people are picking up these, these like unconsciously picking up some of these jerks and tics yeah. and mannerisms and then it's becoming a part of them and then they're going, I can't get rid of this tick. I've got a tick now. And they've got to go to the doctor and the doctor's found out that's all because everyone's watching certain videos on TikTok. Oh, my goodness. Which, is, which scares me, Alex Dyson, because a lot of people watch that dance video of yours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hit the millie. You, I hit did the you millie. hit a mill? I hit a million views, The last mate. thing we need, Alex Dyson, <laughs> is a million people <laughs> dancing around like an absolute egg, <laughs> smearing their yolks all over the sand of Kosamui or whatever you if were. If it was an egg, it would have cracked multiple times because I did a couple of headfirst dives into the uh, ocean surrounding the PP Island. That in there, that there is a is a dancing omelette. <laughs> Yeah, I would be scrambled <laughs> if uh, if there was any yolk in me. Um, look, that's that's dangerous, man. I hope I, I hope I'm not sort of gradually taking on a little bit of that. Yeah, well, look, I think it depends on the types of video you're watching. A lot of them are saying mm. the word beans, which is apparently one of the most influential uh, influences with Tourette syndrome. Says beans, it's like the ca- a catchphrase, or no, not a catchphrase, but a, you know. You mean berries and cream? Is that what you're talking about? They say beans, and 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 the, so well, people were were you know, coming on with this beans thing. I think, Anyways. I think we need to ask the person who spends the most time on TikTok, and that is producer Bron. Producer Bron, tell us, have you t- pick, 
picked up a tick? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I hope not. I'm watching unbelievable <laughs> at the moment. So, yeah. <laughs> I would be shocked if I was. And ha- so what has it been like? It's been literally, I'm scared to even look at my screen time, but it's probably like three oh, hours a day again. Yeah. Back in my OG days last year. Shout out to all the um, content creators, uh, you know, especially mm. people who might have Tourette's syndrome. You know, it's awesome that there are platforms that are celebrating. I've learned a bit about Tourette's through Diversity, TikTok. exactly. Like, it's really mm. important. But if you do happen to be picking up any of these, uh, uh, you know, noticeable ticks, Bron, then the doctors recommend, first and foremost, take a break from social media. <laughs> yep. Stop. See how you feel. And then go seek a medical advice. You know what? <laughs> Actually thinking about it, my boyfriend's picked up on me speaking to myself <laughs> a lot recently. Maybe that's What are you that saying? <laughs> are you just walking around the house saying, a lot of you have been asking me about my skincare. <laughs> Yesterday I said Azerbaijan just Bron. randomly. Because what are you talking about? Bron. I said, I didn't say anything. You said, you said Azerbaijan. Bron. <laughs> randomly saying the word Azerbaijan <laughs> is a tick. I hate to break it to you, but if you walk around and just blurt out Azerbaijan and then don't realise what you've said, I think that's a tick. Okay. I'm, I'm worried now. Yeah. I need a detox. I really do need a detox. All day breakfast. So have you received it, Alex Dyson? Received what? I'm not receiving anything for 18 to 20,000 business days <laughs> due to the current, current situation. The logistics this, market. This the, logistic market. Uh, the skull cap, the metal skull cap, the helmet, <laughs> the full-blown wrap the strap under your chin, lock it all in, I'm about to blow your mind protector. Yeah, Matt's got a few sticks of factual dynamite to plant in your cranium today in his segment, Mind Blown. Uh, So we're going to get him to read out some facts so that we can all learn and become better and more interesting people. I reckon this is perfect if you're going on some dates soon. Make sure you listen to Mind Blown, get some interesting facts, and then you can uh, impress your date across the table (laughs) or the... Putting green if you go to mini golf. Yeah, yeah. This will keep you occupied now that you're back at the office in some of the uh, the bigger cities in, in uh, Sydney, trying to um, you know impress the co-workers you haven't seen for a while with your maskless face. It's going to be so awkward next to those water coolers. So yes, here we go. Let's hit the facts, Matt O'Kine. So with the news of Cynic, a uh, Chinese property developer defaulting officially yesterday on $250 million worth of bonds and the Evergrande news coming out, everyone's whiffing another default. (laughs) Here's the mind-blowing fact for you. Some people care about Chinese property, Alex Dyson. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. People could be hitting the forward... 30-second no. button on their podcast Here's app. a mind-blowing here, fact. No. According to Business Insider, okay, and many other websites, China <laughs> has 65 million empty homes, which is enough to house the entire population of France. My. 65 million vacancies. That's a That's lot. Funny. Apparently 20% of pop- properties or something. Whoa. 
That's what I. That, that's, well, I don't know if that's exactly correct. That's, that's not twenty percent of the population. That couldn't though. be right. But then if. 20, uh, look, but I suppose there'd be multiple people living yeah, in the house. But then they do houses. have they have had the one child policy for quite a while. But then again, I did see them literally blowing up apartment blocks uh, in a <laughs> controlled demolition. The other week. I mean, so, yeah, they, all of who them, knows what's going all on? All of those homes wouldn't come with, you know, the curtains and and carpet and everything. You'd, you'd have to BYO the chattels. You'd have to BYO a bit of that stuff. But yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? Sixty-five million, a whole country's worth, a big country's worth. Um, all right, well there you go. That's fact number one. Fact number two. Um, in 2007, oh, okay, because we're talking to Jack River later on in today's episode, mm-hmm. I thought that we might uh, go with a river fact. Okay. Now, the Amazon River, second longest in the world, approximately 6,000 kilometres, okay? The fact is, in 2007, a man named Martin Strell swam the entire length of the Amazon River, which is greater than the width of the Atlantic Ocean, all right? He swam for 10 hours a day for 66 days, he had escort boats that were prepared to pour blood into the river to distract meat-eating fish such as piranhas. <laughs> and he did it with one day less than he'd planned. So he beat his own <laughs> expectations. What do we think about that fact? Come on. Uh, that's a mind blown. That's mind someone. blown? Oh, good. Blown. Yeah, mate. You got your goggles? Yep. Got your togs? Yep. Got your blood boat? <laughs> yep. Sorted. Imagine, <laughs> you know? imagine invoicing for being the person with the bl- like the bloody chunks just waiting to pour them in <laughs> <laughs> next to. Uh, what do you want me to put on this invoice, Martin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, blood, blood chunky chunkaroo or what? What are we calling me? Um, anyway. All right. No, two from two so far. Let's, let's see what's next. No, that's, that's it. That's, I only got two today. Oh, okay. Keeping it short and sharp. Yeah, well, Don't mind that. Well, the good news is we have some uh, some listener mind blowns. We'd love you to send us the facts that have been blowing your mind recently. Georgia has done so. Matt.n.alex, a fact about camels. Hi, Matt and Alex. It's Georgia from Werribee. And I literally just found out that to cool down, camels sometimes spit their stomach out. And it, like, hangs out the side of their mouth. But, um, yeah. <laughs> What? Mind alone. Now I've got a stomach out, stomach cooling. I've got a Google image this. Ah, it's true. (laughs) Makes it look like they've just got a real big tongue. I would not have thought that that was their stomach. All right, that is a good one, Georgia. Stick their stomach on the outside. Oh my god! It's like do they then like blow on it? I don't know, like a like a hot soup or something just to cool it down. Oh That's amazing. God. All right, well let's let's move on. From I that won't one. tell you what that their stomach actually looks like. You know, it it hanging out there. But I'll tell you what I've seen seen a few builders wearing some stubbies. You know, uh, some short shorts that have a very similar aesthetic. <laughs> Try to uh, cool cool them down players. themselves. <laughs> All right, let's have a Jared now who's sent us a voice message about chainsaws. Hey guys, this is Jared from the Gold Coast. My mind-blowing fact is, did you know that chainsaws were invented to cut open a woman's pelvis during birth complications? Oh! What? Mind. No! Oh, no way. What? That is 
No, I guess that's not the same that you use currently, but oh my God, I cannot take my mind into a more medical realm. I'm sorry. Matt doing a live I'm reading uh, right now to, and it's, this to, is, at first the procedure was performed with- Mind-blowing facts. But, oh, like, did they at least have like heaps and heaps of painkillers and stuff? This scares me so much. Wow. Yeah, and the baby's in there as well. Experiencing, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> the first movie it's ever watched in its life, basically. Wow. Well, I mean, it's just another I mean, another I've, tip of the hat to women for yeah going through yeah, that well, shit everything they've gone just through over so the years. We could be around. We, I think we need to evolve so that women, if the baby's getting a bit big and a bit hot, they could just put it out their mouths <laughs> and onto the ground and make it a bit what? easier. That's such, Do the old camel that technique. That is such a um, a guy thing to do as well. Try and fix anything with a chainsaw. Just like, no, I'll get the tools out. Don't worry. <laughs> like, yeah, like no on. delicacy whatsoever. <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right, yeah. let's got another. All right, let's final mind blowing fact courtesy of Alex. Hey boys, Alex here from Melbourne. I had a theory this morning when I woke up, so I looked into it. If you sleep on your left side, you're more likely to have negative dreams or nightmares. Whereas if you sleep on your right side, you're more likely to have positive dreams. Wild. Wow. You reckon that's true? I want more information, Alex. Yeah. Is that because the blood rushes to your right side of your brain, which is, I forget which one's creative and which one's analytical. Can you remember, Matt? No, I can't. I think I, th- I feel like left side's creative, but um, yeah, studies found right side sleepers have experienced more positive dreams and fewer night so- nightmares than left side sleepers. Mind I get a problem where I fall asleep on my back um, and then I have lucid yeah. dreams where there's a man in the room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can never move. I'm like, get out. The man's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is a, a negative dream if you're um, worried about being murdered, but a positive dream if you recently called a plumber to fix your sink. <laughs> um, let's wrap that one up there. Thank you very much. For sending us your voice memos, please, if you've got a mind-blowing <laughs> fact, mac.and.alex, slide right. into that DM. Alex, next time it happens, I'm going to be lying on my back going, there's a man in my room. Hey, mate, the, the sink's in the bathroom. <laughs> Down the hall. I think the washer's loose. To the right. <laughs> All day breakfast. Yeah. Well, Matt, the debate is settled when it comes to what's the best type of toilet, public or private. Private wins, hands down. <laughs> well, depending depending on what you're up to, I'll say that much. Well, yeah. well, public toilets are a blight. The few times they even have a seat, cakes in the urinal, um, the thinnest toilet paper known to man. <laughs> <laughs> that debate is settled. I'm going with private. Sure. Yes, I agree. Um, but when it comes to schools, I think it's a little bit more of a closer race. We had a bit of a discussion recently. I mean, Matt O'Kine, Sophia, his daughter's already 18 months old, already looking into schools. <laughs> so uh, we, we threw the question out there to you, the you know, the educated people of Australia, what is better? Lots of people go to different institutions. 
But I think it's it's time we settled it, Matt, because we've had a lot of feedback uh, and probably either by coincidence or design, we've got a pretty split field here. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, we were both pretty pro-public, but what I failed to mention is, you know, the discussion came up because my partner uh, went to a private school, all girls private school. And, you know, I went to a a, a co-ed state school. So that's why we were just having this discussion. So Mm. there's still the opportunity for me to absolutely to consider sending Sophia to a private school. So that's why in this debate, Alex Dyson, you know, I'm really willing to take on some of the feedback from people who have Mm. been to private schools. And I'm willing to defend <laughs> private schools in this matter, okay? So the question is, should uh, you take the silver spoon and pop it into Sophia's mouth or flick the lighter on underneath it? And, um... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, and, and heat it up for some Milo. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the public train, Warnable College. All right, well, I mean, look, it's as public as you could buddy get. Here it and is. So I'm going to be taking the pro public side. You're going to be going pro private, Matt. Um, let's, let's, let's do it. All shall right, we? hit some music. Let's go. Private first, first public. Let the battle begin. <clears throat> private first, oh, of course. <laughs> Typical. That's what we pay our money for. At Heidi Barker says, I went to a public school, then private. I definitely appreciated private more after starting in public. There you go. Ooh. Tasted both, the taste test there. Um, all right, well, Lee, at Lee Wow Wow got in touch. I don't believe you should have to pay for a better education. Mm. That's abolishing private right there. Okay, okay, Imogen. At Emma Gregg says, private is better because of the facilities, opportunities and values slash respect. It's not for everyone, though. Oh, I tell you what. I mean, some of the respect. Facilities, opportunities and respect sound like... (laughs) Sound like everyone would enjoy uh, that. Um, At Pawnee Pepsi, public is better. 80 cent cheese and bacon rolls. That's enough said. (laughs) You're not wrong there, Pawnee Pepsi. Uh, Holly G. Brown says private is better because it's less students so you can have better structure. All right, fine. I mean, all these private answers are very boring, aren't they? At L Hills, public schools are character building. Oh, I tell you what, you can get a fully formed character out of a public school, can't you? Mate. Then people probably say about you, well, they're quite a character. (laughs) Um, At SD and Kat says, private is better because you have more money to attract better teachers and have better resources. Oh, I I thought you were going to say you have more money to attract better looking people and (laughs) you can actually... Do mad holidays and have dates and get have sex more, probably. <laughs> Who cares about teachers and resources? Um, at Emilio, everyone gets a chance in a public school. It's better for diversity. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well-rounded. No, it's a there. fair call. Fair call. None of this bloody homogenous. Uh, no, fair call. Okay, what about this? Uh, at I Don't Know Tessa says, private schools have better extracurricular activities like music, art, sports, and outdoor education. Oh... There is, I mean, these are all, everyone who obviously went to a private school and answered this, it's like you're reading off the brochure, honestly. (laughs) Please. And Geordie, to finish things off, the curriculum is exactly the same at both. Why pay for an education that's already free? Taking the Ian Dyson route, if I'd ever seen it right there, Geordie. Thank you very much to everyone. 
who got in touch regarding the public-private uh, battle that, uh, that we've been having here. <clears throat> our, but our inst- and I think we did an Instagram poll, Alex Dyson, and the battle was actually over before it began uh, because you voted. And it was a, it was a whitewash. Um, 70% voted for public schools being better. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Because usually it's a private school that's a whitewash. <laughs> no, I've seen some of the billboards, honestly. I'm like, really? You couldn't get one brown kid? <laughs> Wow. But I think we'll give the final word to listen to Dean at A Study Butterfly. This is what Dean had to say. Okay, boys. Just on the topic of private schools versus public schools, it's a no-go for me on the private schools, particularly the same-sex schools. I went to a same-sex private school when I was a teenager and it, it just gives you a completely jaded view on what life is actually like. Like, honestly, I swear some kids from my year still don't know how to properly speak to a woman and... I'm 28. Um, and look, like I'm a primary school teacher now and I honestly reckon when I have kids, they'll be going to a public school for sure because at the end of the day, it's not just about academics. It's just about making functional humans for society. And if you don't know how to speak to the opposite sex, then that's 50% of people that you don't know how to converse with. Anyway... That's my two cents. Well, <laughs> Dean cashing in his two cents worth there, functional members of society. I mean, Lee Hope, no matter where you go, you're able to become one of those. And I think, uh, you know, whatever it is, Matt O'Kine, it's a, an important part of life. So um, Dean's either two way cents, you go. Just leaving him 78 cents short of a good bacon and cheese roll. Oops. Matt O'Kine, you ever you ever written an anthem? Like a footy anthem or a national anthem? No, but I did once do a pretty cool acoustic guitar rendition of my school's song. <laughs> what, your school had a song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can't remember how it goes, but it, it was like, it's one of those school songs that like was just gibberish. Do you know where they're like, yeah, 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 rah, 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 blue, red, blue, molly, <laughs> right. molly, ding, ding. You know, one of those sort of ones. All right. Well, lucky you were uh, <laughs> you were kept off the current record uh, by an incredible artist who's about to join us. Uh, people like Matt Corby were helping out in production on it uh, and they managed to create an anthem for a generation. It's called We Are The Youth. <laughs> And it is by the one and only Jack River. G'day, Jack River. G'day, guys. How are you doing? Great, thank you. Holly, it's great to uh, to be hanging out. Um, very excited about brand new music. You know, the, the, the thing that first struck me listening to We Are The Youth is the uh, kind of serious nature to it. As to balance a few things, the serious and the, I don't know, like a fun kind of poppy vibe to um, get the medicine down. <laughs> That's it, the teaspoon of sugar and a little, uh, it's good, got, the little, got the little E on the, uh, on the Spotify there. You get a little bit explicit, uh, not only with the language, but I guess the message trying to, what are you, what are you trying to say? If you could even be me, even more specific for Matt and Alex here. Well, I love a good E. That's always a, um, a goal for my tracks, to have an E next to them, um, to just take away from my little goody two-shoes. <laughs> That's it. 
Are you trying to rebrand? Yeah. <laughs> I like so many people feeling. I just wanted to try and summarise how young people are feeling about the government here in Australia and their inaction on multiple fronts, on the front of climate, First Nations rights, how um, women are feeling, how young women are feeling, and just put into a song this moment that we're living in, which feels pretty potent and um, full on, but also full of hope and like a new a new way of doing things. So I try and um, get pretty blatant with, with what's going on and how I'm feeling, but also celebrate the good that's happening. It's absolutely incredible. And you've got a music video for it as well that was directed by uh, Malika Perjasat. features a, a whole range of very important people. Uh, I see the name Grace Tame jumping out uh, at me as well, Brittany Higgins. Did you have an opportunity to personally reach out and talk to these people uh, and, you know, discuss some of the issues that they're currently battling at the moment as well? Yeah, I did. I um, tried to keep in contact with as many of these incredible people in our country as possible, but um, I sent the clip to Brittany and Grace and you know, didn't know how they feel because it's an important line between dramatising what's going on and telling the story, but they were both so blown away and happy um, with how it turned out and felt like it communicated it uh, for them. So that was really incredible to hear because I feel like their stories are some of the most important stories kind of happening in Australia at the moment. So, yeah, they do such amazing work. And it is that fine line, isn't it? Because wasn't there a company recently that was driving around with a billboard that uh, they had to end, end up apologising for as it was kind of um, appropriating people's pain into promotion for them? Um, uh, did you see that, Holly? Did you uh, yeah, see I did. Is it Ovira? And I think in, in the first instance, everyone in the internet was like, that's so cool, how great. But I guess we just assume that people do their due diligence and um, handle those stories correctly and represent those people correctly, but it's absolutely not always the case. So, yeah, we really tried to take this video quite slow and ensured that absolutely everyone uh, was spoken to and everything was signed off. And having Malika on board uh, also to ensure that um, First Nations people featured in this video felt heard and represented because that's something that um, non-Indigenous people get wrong all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's one of the things I love about you, uh, Jack River, in that you you are always looking out for people. Can you tell us about our soundtrack, our stories as well? Because come the Olympics, that was a really massive... In takes a, a surprising amount of work behind the scenes to get something like this going. Um, could you let us know exactly what it is and what, what it managed to achieve so far? Because I was walking walking down the street the other day, massive billboard with it on there and all of this, I mean, all of this takes work. <laughs> it does take a lot of work, as you guys know. But um, <laughs> the first bit was effortless. I'm always ranting on social media and nobody seems to care. <laughs> but one night watching the Olympics, I just realised that they weren't playing uh, homegrown music over these, like, huge epic Olympics moments and I just thought that's crazy. Like, it's so easy to sub out an American or British track for an incredible local artist and we have so many. It's such a great opportunity to promote them. So I just ranted to Instagram and said, like, how great would it be if we featured Australian music? 
you know, on the Olympics, but also in supermarkets and banks and where basically. And for some wild reason, it caught on. And uh, the next day I woke up and there was like 12,000 likes and comments. Um, well, it was over a few days. A lot of these incredible initiatives, the change can come on the big billboards. They can come at the big anthems in front of large crowds, but it's a lot of the change. And I think you'd be probably uh, figuring this out more than most. Jack River comes in the... Uh, the back rooms of the restaurants, the whining and dining. And uh, I, I've loved having conversations in the past with you about trying to get in some couple of these power brokers' ears. What are some of the behind the scenes whining and dining, black tie events have you been, uh, have you been cruising through to try and, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> crack a few whips? Ooh, well, I haven't been in any. I'm camped out down here in um, Mollymook and... Oh, that's the, that's the centre of it. That's yeah. where the, that's yeah. where all Don't the deals get done. homes around there. True. I am I am just above John Barillaro's electorate, so oh, expect... You'd be driving past a few uh, little equestrian dressage private residences and stuff <laughs> and heading into so, all sorts of areas. I would love to slip into a polo club, actually. Can we put that on the list, Alex? Of, um, I actually did go to the polo inside. one time about an hour north of Perth. There was a polo field and Gina Reinhardt had her very own little section where she was sat Little with her pony. friends enjoying the polo. And a us, nice 16-hand uh, horse or something. Tell you what, yeah, exactly right. We were, we were down the other end eating peanuts, like literally eating peanuts. You were on all um, fours just galloping around. <laughs> it was the human polo of the dystopian future. Very squid game. Slapping you. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, no, um, I, I think it's just like slipping into DMs and WhatsApp chats at the moment. But I do, one of my pastimes at the moment or current times is slipping into politicians' DMs because they don't have many followers. That's open great. for business. <laughs> open for, their DMs are so open for business and I don't know why we're not slamming them because, you know, even Susan Lay, the Environment Minister, not many followers. She's keen. keen yeah, right. you know, I, invited, I invited Anthony Albanese to a gig once. He said, nah. Oh. <laughs> but did he reply? Yeah, it was on Twitter. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. They listen to the constituents. Some great advice, some great parting words of advice from Jack River. Holly Raker, thank you so much for hanging out with us on Matt and Alex today. So nice to see you. And, um, yeah, when, when's the date? You, you'd know the election. When's it happening? Alex, I think you would be more likely to know when the election is because you are literally <laughs> a horse in the race, aren't you? Well, no, no, no. I'm, well, just because I've I've been a horse at Gina Reinhardt's polo does not mean I'm a horse in the race this time. But who knows, maybe... Um, Maybe or someone will put the saddle on me and uh, see what we can we can come up with this year. Ch- okay. Champing at the bit. Is that what it's called? Horse land, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Jack River, thank you so much for joining us. Always in a pleasure and always uh, awesome to be so inspired by you uh, every time you do something. So please keep it up and oh, please keep making the change. Thanks so much, Matt and Alex. So good to chat as always. Well, thank you very much for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Cheers again to Jack River for hanging out with us. Always a pleasure. And thank you as well to those who got in touch to blow our minds. Very, very good one today. Yeah. Although it sort of made my stomach churn so much I wanted to push it out through my mouth. <laughs> um, we thank you always for getting in touch. That's at matt.n.alex. And also, look, we've, we've got a few more Bomb Squad members to induct 
into uh, our first official, world's first official podcast street team, Alex Dyson. We've thanked you. More than a few because by the end of the week, we need to get rid of them all. We have nine left. We're announcing the final spot on our massive, massive show tomorrow. Uh, before we play you a little bit of uh, what's to come this Friday, a very special treat for you. Let's announce these incredible Bomb Squad members, Matt, because i uh, got to tell you, eight legends have stepped up to the wheel. Yeah, it's a massive congratulations from Jed Madden from Queen. Queensland, who uh, got their car as a gift from uh, the um, auntie. La- yeah, well, I thought it was a gift. Later, the auntie said, actually, I want $2,000 for Yowch. that. It was like, oh, what do you do? So uh, <laughs> nice bomb there. Matthew from New South Wales saying the uh, the Nissan sex trail is on her way out. The gaskets are blown, but our love for her remains as strong as ever. A cult following and needs a bit of Matt and Alex added as we continue to send her a bit too hard. We'll send pics. Thank you, Matthew. You're in the car. Yeah, Hayden from New South Wales says, look, as a Timber floor sander, this no glitz, no glam, just honest, hardworking lad wants to get behind the no glitz, no glam podcast. That's it, we're a meat and three veg potty if there ever was one. Um, Jesse from Victoria says, have been driving the Maz around for years now with over 300,000 kilometres, a bumper that's kept on by zip ties. And most recently the driver's door doesn't open so I have to climb through the passenger side to get in. Some bomb this is going to be the most lit street team <laughs> of all time. A big congratulations quickly to Jacob from New South Wales, Leah from Queensland and Damien from Victoria taking out 16, 17 and 18 positions in the Bob squad and the coveted position 19 will be filled by Manch from New South Wales who says, I'm constantly driving around all the hotter spots in Campbelltown such as Dumeresque Street Cinemas, doing Manies on Queen Street and Lover Jaunt at HJ Daily Library, Campbelltown's premier festival. The Fisher's Ghost is coming soon, celebrating the famous ghost story of <laughs> Frederick Fisher and I would love to get a photo of my Bomb Squad vehicle at the parade. That is worth a ticket to ride, Manch. So congratulations. And if you are heading down to the Fisher's Ghost Festival, Campbelltown, keep your eye out for Manch driving the hottest street team vehicle and the only podcast street team vehicle in Australia. Guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, Here's a little sneak peek as to the big show that we've got to celebrate the Bomb Squad tomorrow. Very special guests, some exclusives stories, never-before-heard tales of destruction. That's right. When we dive into a serious and riveting documentary, Matt and Alex, Street Team Avengers. We're taking a walk down memory lane, looking down at the... uh, No, no, no. We're getting behind the wheel and just cutting some fat laps down memory lane right now. Five years of impro training and I said... You're Lady Gaga. And the attractive people would be out the front going, let's try this. Or they would fight over cans of Coke, like literally punch up. I left a petrol station still attached to the petrol station. From dancing at nightclubs to uh, driving black thunders. I shot myself oh. in the black thunder. I lived off the food that we handed out. You got a can of Coke? Well, thanks very much, Ed. No, no, no not thanks very much, Ed. No, that's too, you know, this is commercial radio. Okay, sorry, sorry. Now, stay tuned for Reggae Ellis for the Surf Report. That's right. A full documentary into the myth, really, of street teams in Australia. Some of the biggest names in radio started their careers as teenagers, early 20s, driving these cars around to promote radio stations and give out free stuff to everybody. Um, We're going to be chatting to people like Ed Cavalli, Tommy Little, Abby Coleman. It's going to be a big, big show. And uh, as you heard, some pretty... (laughs) 
pretty funny stories will be coming through because, I mean, what else can you do, Matt, when you're, uh, you're young and out in the cars and you've got free merch to give away? Mate, you listen to what Shannon Noll said. Just drive. Hey, hope you have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.